Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you, baby, live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me once again this week, two people who are, I believe, making their third appearance on The Tully Show, uh, Jude Angelini from The All Out Show on Shade 45, and Mark McGrath, singer of Sugar Ray, the host of Mark McGrath's 120, heard weekends on the 90s on 9 here on Sirius XM. Hey, 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 what's up? And you are, if I remember from last time the three of us were joined together, uh, were together in this room, yeah. a four-hit wonder? Yeah, you know, it's funny. People were making up things for us because the one-hit wonder, when we surpassed that, I was like, oh, my God. You know, they, 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 they we were so sure they were going to be one-hit wonders. Now we have to make up new things. Well, we were two-hit wonders when every morning came. Then someday came three-hit wonders. And then One It's Over was our last real big hit, top 10 song. Then we were four-hit wonders. So, uh, you know, listen, and I've told you this a million times, the fact that we still get to play live and play music is a blessing and an honor. These songs mean some, something to some people at one time. And it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Did so four-hit th- wonder, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. The, you know how many uh, bands would die to be a one-hit wonder. The you know? the Joe Jackson song didn't stick. I thought that the Joe Jackson it, it got it was a uh, it was a top twenty airplay, but I wouldn't call it a hit. Okay. Which, which Joe Jackson did? We did. did is she really going out with him? That's my jam. Maybe that's why it wasn't a hit. The way I just sang. Nah, bro, you sounded. <laughs> I thought it was Joe Jackson singing <laughs> to me. I'm a step. <laughs> yeah. I'm a stepping out guy, but I don't I don't know that stepping that would be out? the song for Sugar Ray. Oh uh, yeah, you know maybe not that too much piano in that joint. A lot of jazz in that. Uh, Joe Jackson started off in that Elvis Costello lane. That's right. Uh, very new. Wavy, uh, very post punky, uh, and then he, then he, but he was always more intelligent and more uh, musically inclined than the others. Though Elvis Costello eventually took that route as well. He went to music school. That's Joe right. Jackson did That's this right. at the same time in the same place as Annie Lennox of Eurythmics. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. He said there was this weird little art school chick going through the halls that turned out to be Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox yeah. That voice, Annie Lennox, is just, I mean. I was just on. listening to their first album last week, and that shit is still pretty fucking good. It's great. Bro. Well, yeah. because you got Dave Stewart Production, who today still produces anything that's cool out there. Any of the old guys that want to make a record, whether it be like Ringo Starr or Jeff Lynne, they call, or Mick Jagger, they call Dave Stewart. He's the unknown factor in all these uh, in all these gigantic supergroups that, that people respect. Dave Stewart as a producer, as a musician, and as a human being. He did that uh, Tom Petty joint with the fucking where they're dressed up like Alice in Wonderland in the video. He's, don't come around here. That's right. Yeah, that's that was exactly him. right. That yeah. was, he produced that. He produced yeah. that song. Yes, yeah. he did. And he was involved in. There was an ill-fated supergroup uh, recently with Mick Jagger with and a kind of reggae thing, and it was Joss Stone. Joss Stone, Mick Jagger, and oh god, was it called World Party or uh, a little bit of reggae? I think uh, Ziggy Ziggy Marley was in there, or one of the Marley Brothers was in there. I feel like motherfuckers get old, and they're like, you know, I'm going to do some reggae. I'm going to <laughs> fucking beach. <laughs> We've been doing that. We've been doing that for that thirty shit. years. Yeah. You know why, dude? Because here's the thing. Reggae has no age. You know what I'm saying? You can go, you can do reggae the rest of your life. It's kind of like wearing uh, like uh, uh, two-tone clothing, like Fred Perry. Yeah. Fred Perry, you can be 20 and rocking Fred Perry. You can 
50 in Rocket Fred, Fred Perry. And still, it still looks cool. So reggae and sky, you can kind of go out to pasture with those things. Or you can be brand new on the scene like the band The Interrupters and uh, and, and do it big. Yeah, I always feel bad for a band that tied themselves into a very, like a, a style of music you can only really play in your youth you're you're talking about hair metal because nobody has the four well a lot of kinds of metal nobody has the foresight to think about this might be the thing that i still do and perhaps need to do when i'm 50 years old and you think slayer though thought wow the mid-50s we're gonna be rocking around no way way. you know i think you know i think takes a bigger hit than even metal because metal you like you got a guy that can shred all you need to do is kind of lean back it's punk rock though man like punk rock where they can't play that well it's all fucking energy and now you're seeing some old fucking do like limp around on the stage trying to get people hype and it's that's the smartest thing look. i've ever heard because you know what the most unpunk thing is a 50 year old punk rock <laughs> yeah dude i mean seriously punk rock does not a you've got to evolve you know what i mean um though it's still fun to see waddy from the exploded on stage though he has a heart attack every other i mean i hope he's okay i know he's had some health problems lately but man yeah punk rock it's, you gotta have some songs to evolve and, and stay around in the business green day i think it's gonna be around a long time they've kind of become our who if you will yeah i think those you kids know? are gonna do okay yeah i'm not worried about they them. got a chance you know uh, i never thought of them as punk though man but like i don't you didn't not even dookie like you no know? because i don't know what punk rock is so for from somebody that doesn't like study punk rock i was like is that punk rock? And then it, okay, well, wait, wait, okay. Did you think Rick Springfield was punk rock? I thought the Stooges was punk rock. They are punk rock. Well, that's who I think. Like, and if you're not like in that vein, right? Then I'm like, well, you're from the land of MC5 and you know and really Stooges like, and real political punk rock. And then the, end is uh, right. the whining. The, yeah. It's like, is that you're from the more aggressive? Like, kick out the jams. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I'm wrong. I just don't... No, you're not wrong. You're right. Well, they belong to... There's, you know, punk is a lot more diverse than I think it's giving credit for. Even even the bands that everybody... Or their household names. Like, that. the Ramones are very melodic and didn't right. scream or anything like that. And they're the prototypical punk band. The thing that made bands like Green Day a little bit different that I, I dug, um, I think, I felt... Well, uh, No Effects was one of the bands that led this charge, is uh, when you're a certain age, you're like, I belong to this side of the divide you know like i'm rock or i'm hip-hop i cannot possibly be both but then there's kids who grow up on it who don't see the distinction because they don't belong to like a tribe yet right you know so metal and punk were diametrically opposed those punk bands were playing metal guitar oh yeah they had appropriated it by the mid 90s and that's what made it wildly different from the stooges even the late 80s though even like i mean that crossover that thing hit hit in the late 80s in new york with the cromags and leeway and all those bands i mean metal and and motorhead was really the the bridge yeah motorhead was that bridge between punk rock and metal where everybody went you go to a motorhead show in the mid 80s you'd see mohawks and you'd see the most metal farrah fawcett hairdo you've ever seen no you know oh yeah because motorhead was kind of the bridge for all of us i know? was like you see i i thought dead milkman was a punk group and they was like nah bro they uh, fucking shut me down i was like oh i'm well, sorry I, you know I, it's funny that dead milkman though were kind of you know whether they were a college punk band and you know yeah. was getting played in the 80s on college radio punk rock bands so dead milkman when i first saw punk rock girl you know because that obviously punk rock girl dead milkman when i first saw that mtv i thought the world was changing and it was i mean to have such a lo-fi song and lo-fi video being played in mtv after michael jackson's thriller yeah you know that took me for a ride so i guess it was punk rock i guess what we're saying here is punk rock can mean many things to many people all right 
Yeah, the problem with punk, I think, is that it stopped being many things to many people. One of the few smart things I've ever heard uh, John Lydon say is that uh, punk was supposed to be, is that if you went to a punk club in like 1976, every single person had a completely different shtick going on. The yeah, idea was yeah. that everybody did their own thing, and then... Then the uniform came in. months later, that became, the, yeah. the most popular guys became the uniform. Right. You know what, the, the bristles that, and spikes. That was similar for like, uh, like the like the uh, party scene the rave scene in detroit when you first when we first would go there uh it would just be it'd be motherfuckers dressed like me that look like accountants it'd be hood motherfuckers it'd be like rock and roll kids it'd be the kids dressing like they peaked in the 70s and then late into the 90s it turned into all kickwear fucking like in, in but that did everywhere though dude well yeah, yeah. yeah but like southern I, california had a real effect on that whiny punk rock thing and yeah. that whole kickwear uh you know snowboard culture that kind of creep itself into music yeah. you're, you're right about that kickwear and all that i mean kickwear those guys are my homies or jenko and jenko uh, all, all the loose fitting stuff you know I it mean, just became a uniform to go party yeah, as opposed right. to like people dressing up all crazy and fucking Right. Wilding out. Well, Detroit cats always had their own thing. I mean, look at Kid Rock. I mean, and Bob Seger and Ted and, and, and you know Ted Nugent. I mean, Kid Rock came out. His first record is the most hip hop thing you could ever hear. Yeah, grit sandwiches for breakfast. Bit far, you know, yeah. yodeling in the valley. I love That's about it. eating pussy. That's right. Yeah. And now, and now the guy's the most country dude of all time. He's become southern. He's, I, yeah, he li- he's literally from Detroit, he's from and now he's from the south. Yeah. You know, and the the crazy thing <laughs> is, is like I used to. That is, I think that's more true to him than hip hop. Yeah, he's he, yeah. the dude's from a hick ass town right. called Romeo, Michigan, mm-hmm. and like we got a bunch of fucking country ass people in sure. Detroit. He was the Korean lady who dates a bunch of white guys and then marries a Korean. Guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a white girl that lets a uh, basketball team run a train on her and then fucking yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. That's, and marries that's kid, an accountant. That's kid, kid rock in a nutshell. <laughs> He did his thing, yeah. <laughs> well, he's huge, man. He's gigantic. The guy, man, he's become a superstar. Huh? You think uh, Kid Rock will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, anybody, just, anybody who can sell admission tickets to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Is he our last rock star ever of all time? Is Kid Rock the last rock star? Didn't, uh, well, who came first, him or the White Stripes? Uh, he came Kid before Rock came the White first. Stripes. Yeah, Kid Rock came before the White Stripes. Then Jack White is the last rock star. Uh, that's 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 a good. It's uh, I I can't. Uh, God, I'm trying to find the rock starness in terms of like embracing the rock star. Jack White doesn't do the Kid Rock did. That's what I'm missing with him. And you, you know what I mean? There's elements that include the whole like I, the last rock star. I'm I'm wearing a fur coat on the cover of Rolling Stone. Yeah. I I, I you know um. And I'm not saying Jack White's not a rock star. He did I mean, have a I fake mean, name Adam, and dress up and clothes and pretend some lady was his sister. <laughs> like he did, you're he, right. he, 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 well, he wasn't he had a some, weird deal. But he took a total alternative route to get there. I don't think when he started the White Stripes, he thought he was going to be where he went. He certainly had the talent to go there. Yeah. Kid Rock, was, before his first record was, was, record was, was yeah, was, was, that's it. You know, Adam Levine is a rock star. John Mayer is a rock star. But I'm talking to traditional snort coke, bang supermodels, wear a furred coat. I want to be a rock star. Rock star. It, it, who's the last one? Dude, is I it Jack White? I, look, man, I don't know. I don't know rock well enough but you keep I, saying that you and you're like you're pulling up the greatest musical references of all time so we're gonna stop the qualifying there's certain but there's just nowadays i don't know i don't know modern rock is that that's fair to say there is not but but yo dude i've i've heard about kid rock's parties and you just checked every fucking box there's probably some snowmobiles parties. you know what i mean like yeah, no there's a gang of snowmobiles exactly anyone snowing yep 
So yeah, they do their fucking thing. So yeah, that's a the that kid, might be a f- fair statement to but just, make. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With the rock star that we kind of grew up in, you know, that metal dude that embraced it all. I I don't think Jack White embraces it all that like the Kid Rock does. Well, so, right, yeah, he certainly ties. He's the last arena rock star. Jack White? No, no, no Kid, Kid Rock. Rock oh, Kid Rock. Yeah, the, guy, the thing, the thing that would. Tie, but is that what I'm talking the, about? I think it is. It's exactly what you're talking. You're talking about trashing hotel rooms and doing cocaine and lining up groupies and you know blowjobs for backstage passes and stuff like that. That's something that I guess started with like the Zeppelins of the world was perfect. Well, was taken to the next level by the I'm guessing the Jaggers. I, I don't know keep, anything about like Deep Purple. But I'm guessing. I'm sure they yeah. all did it. They all did it. You know. But I do you think if you went to Hey Jack White, you're a rock star. He'd really be stoked to hear that. Kid Rock wants to hear that. He'll tell you about it. I think Jack White would pretend he didn't like it, but secretly he'd be tickled. Well, that's just, I, mean, I, I agree, but that's my point. That's right. not checking the box. No, you're right. You're right. Right. If you it's have not to owning own, it. Right. Yeah, he's not owning it. But is Adam Levine a rock star? No, of course not. He's not Which a rock one is band. Am, who's that? Is Maroon that the, 5. Count. Is the guy who sells proactive? Oh my God, how much money are they paying for Proactive, man? They get a gang of folks on that thing. I oh, know. dude, Puffy? Like, oh, yo, you have, you have Diddy on Proactive? That guy was, on. He's, now he's worth like a zillion billion dollars. Dude, he ain't walking to the door unless you're paying him 10 million. I had a gang of zits in high school. If you want a couple pictures, I'll do it for 25 grand. You should grand. fucking do it. Yo, I hope, I would love to see you on a Proactive commercial. <laughs> <laughs> my grand, fucking day. Finally, at the age of what, 42, <laughs> I've yeah, achieved it, it, my it, dream it, of we'll, we'll not 42. having <laughs> At 50, I'm in a Proactive commercial. <laughs> My face is fine, but I get a zitty ass. <laughs> Thank you, Proactive. Thank you. It's clear. My wife thanks you, Proactive. That's funny. Oh, man. No I one would toss my we're salad. About... <laughs> no one tossed my salad until, Pro... <laughs> until Proactive came along. <laughs> now they lick me clean. Thank you, Proactive. <laughs> So uh, last time the three of us were together, we were talking about One Hit Wonders and the failed follow-up singles that they released Woo! that uh, speeded their way into uh, obscurity and brief fame. And I uh, made a big, long list last time, and me- we made it through a whopping eight of them. Out and of I, how many? Out of uh, a, a grand total of 31. You were prepared. I like oh, your preparation. Buddy. Yeah. So we're going to try. I don't like our odds of getting through the remaining uh, 14, but uh, let's how, give it a shot. How did we do, uh, uh, speaking on, uh, did we get them, uh, did we, our percentage-wise, did we get eight out of, how many were you, 13? Did we get? Oh, I asked you to guess what they were last time. Yeah. You, you were crushing. Yeah, you did. Re- I don't know what your percentage was, but you got anyone anyone would expect you to get and then some. Okay. But you got a few, too, so I think I don't it's a good think, team. I don't remember. No, you had a hip hop one. I didn't get. I wonder. Yeah. Oh yeah. If Andrew is ready, if uh, if you will be able to guess the uh, the artist behind this failed follow up one hit wonder single. Okay, I got it. Yeah. How the fuck? I'm gonna say it's Mark Cohn. Who's Mark Cohn? I'm walking in Memphis. That's uh, that's exactly who I thought it was. Too. Did you really? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't, I didn't know his name. I was like, this sounded like that walking in Memphis. That, that's what I thought. Can we? And it's not that. No. Can we get Ooh. some more run on it? No. Surprise! This wasn't a hit. Oh, is this a hit? Not mainstream. Oh. This artist's last song had crossed over to the mainstream in a major way. In an iconic way. Really? In a way that continues to reverberate is this in our Dawson culture Creek theme to song today. Guy? This is James Vanderbeek. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, 
Oh, could have been me. This song is this called was a hit. Could have been me. No, it's not. Oh. But it was not. sort of a hit. It was, was a, it? I've little, never heard this song before in my life. Thank Delimitri? God. Is it Delimitri? Suffice it to say, the song was no achy breaky heart. Oh, Get out Billy of here. Ray Cyrus. That was Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. I thought his follow-up was some gave all, some gave none. Yeah, I could be wrong on all this stuff. I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have don't, to go up top. Don't quote me on. Yeah. Don't quote me on any of this. Yo, but he he hit the biggest out of all of those motherfucking one hit wonders. Yeah, that was. He landed you. the Nickelodeon show. He got, he blew his daughter up. I know. He's blew fucking, his son up. You he's know, got Metro his, Station. Check check check. By the way, you know what? With I, a song that I've never met one person who likes. What? Achy Breaky Heart. Do not break my heart. I think it's got a fun thing to I it. I mean, I know that there are people from this. You know what it like is? It, like the redneck Macarena. But, but it was you're right. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to them. Uh. But you know what it is? It's it's. Uh, I got friends in low place, uh, low places, just yeah. done by Billy Ray Cyrus. Now, if you just hear Billy Ray right there, that sounded very professional, yes. and good, and he's de- deserved to be there. We both said Mark Cohn, who's a very well respected artist in that singer starter genre. So mm-hmm. that actually gave me a lot of faith in Billy Ray Cyrus. The man's got some talent. And he's good at making kids. Could have been me. Yeah. Nobody's accused him of having talent in a really long time, so <laughs> hope you're listening, Billy Ray. Uh, should we do our next failed yes. follow-up single? I'm, I'm, I'm so unhappy uh-huh. with myself uh-huh. today. I'm so bummed on myself. You're judging that you don't know this? I think it's I'm, I'm proud I, that I don't know this fucking song. No, I'm not. I'm very unhappy I don't know this. I usually tell by the voice. The voices aren't giving it away to me today. He sounds like all the 80s dudes. That's is it a I band hear. or is it a solo artist? Solo artist. He sounds like a bootleg Brian Ferry. <laughs> By the way, which is such it a does. compliment. Oh yeah, yeah, no, this is the, yeah, this is this wishes it was a Roxy music song, yeah. big time. It was it a '90s hit or, or does it matter? This is '80s. His it's not, it's signature, not Paul Young. signature hit. I but no, it's not Paul Young. His signature hit, I believe, was written about his wife. Oh, it's Krista Berg. There you go. Who the fuck is that? Lady in red. Oh yeah. Gosh, man. Yeah. Thank God we didn't get to these on the other one, because mm-hmm. if we did, we wouldn't be doing a follow-up show. <laughs> <laughs> this is our last one right here, yeah. guys. By See, the uh, way, you guys, that was a hard follow-up, man. The follow-up to Krista Berg's Lady in Red, you yeah. know? I mean, that sounded like a one-hit wonder. Like, that sounded like that's all you got. It, it, yeah. It, like, because you can't come back with something that sounds just like that, because it'll be like, dude, it's just Lady in fucking yeah, Red. You yeah. can't cop that. That's why I came back with this. Yeah. It just sounds like, you know. He's uh, he's a rich man's Billy Vera. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Billy Vera did the theme song to King of Queens, which, uh, you know you know the song? I, no, I don't know the song, but I love when bands that uh, probably didn't make money as, money as much money as you think they did when they were super famous make way more money than you'll ever know they made in some dumb way. Yeah, I noticed, I, yeah I noticed, uh, my, you know, I have a kid, if you watch right. the credits, as, as I do, of uh, like animated shows and shit like that. Yeah. It's funny how often you'll recognize the artist who did the, the Nickelodeon show. Oh, of course. They're gigantic. Jude, thanks as always. Right, later, Jude. Check out the All Out show on Shade 45. Check out his 
new book. That's really funny. Yeah, no, Billy Vera did the Ken Queen's uh, uh, theme song, which you said, and and you know it had a great run for yeah. eight, ten years, and then it ran to syndication, and where it lives forever. So every time it gets played, he mm-hmm. gets paid. Hummingbird is uh, Jude's book available now for presale. I'm sure you can find the links on his uh, social medias. Is uh, okay. This did song... you read his Hyena book? That thing was unbelievable. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, how much is? I wish he was here. How much is real of that? It can't. It just can't be real. You can't be alive really? and still. Be, yeah, it just, you can't be alive. And I've lived sort of that part of you. St- you're, man. Calling, you're calling him a liar. I'm not calling him a liar. <laughs> I'm calling an embellisher of stories. <laughs> I wish I was more of an embellisher of stories. You're, you're you are I, straight into the facts. I lack cr- the creativity to embellish stories. That's because you're so quick and funny, though. You don't need to. That that's a huge talent in its own right. Nice try. Uh, okay, this next one is not technically a follow-up single. This is the this was a single, and it was the next song that I personally was exposed to from this artist. Oh, it's El Kujer. El Kujer. No. Wait a second. Right? Cause I love you, girl. Not to be confused with I Need Love. Oh my God! It's, it sounds like LL. I know it does. Cause I love you. I, is it? Uh, uh, uh. Is it Rockwell? No. Can you give me a hint? Give me East Coast, West Coast. That's East Coast. That's East Coast. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he might be from Florida. Yeah. Andrew Cruz, of course, knows. Um, it, it it was in nineties or eighties. Just eight. This be like this might have been like ninety ninety one. Is it Candyman? No, I'm out. An iconic one hit wonder of all time. That is, I love you. The rarely attempted rap love ballad from Vanilla Ice. No, that's not his follow-up. I already, I already said that. I, he did. He covered "Play That Funky Music." Okay, I know. I'm not, I, I can't. I can't acknowledge listen, it. I'm, I'm torn with that guy right now, man. He doesn't. He doesn't even play this song on tour. Oh hell no! Oh my god! I, I, uh, was that off to the extreme? Yeah, I believe so. Oh my god! No, props to his uh, rap uh, tone on that one, though. I'm buying it. I'm in. I thought it was LL Cool J. Yeah, not the highest praise you can offer an MC. Yeah, but but in terms yeah, of like beats, legendary beats, status, beats Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Actually, Ice is a great guy. Really, really cool guy. I, I'm see. very. These are these are tricky ones. I'm I don't, very disappointed. You're gonna I, get some of these. I'm ones. getting lost in some of the uh, follow up, not a follow up, you know. Uh, and but but well, I'm having fun nonetheless. Okay, uh, let's do the next one. We've got a nice clip here. <laughs> <laughs> We got a band at least. Sounds like Brian uh, Brian Megatar, huh? This is a hard one. Is that it's a girl? Yes. With a boy's name. Was this 80s or 90s? Early 80s. Pretty cool that you have to ask that, though. Good for her. Yeah, good point. Is it Tony Basil? Yeah. Oh! That's exactly right. 
I got one! Of O'Mickey fame. You gave me a lot of clues to that. I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of the, the first name Tony, and you gave me the early 80s. But you know what's cool about that? You're right. The production was so cool in that. Yeah. It, it could have snuck in. It, it could certainly sneak in today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. Um, uh, she uh, there was a video that went viral of her recently dancing, and she's like, she's seventy five, and, and looks she's great, amazing. Yeah, she was thirty when she was dancing around in the cheerleader outfit in the Hey Mickey video. I even think she was forty. Okay, I think she was older than that, and that's why she's seventy now because it's thirty years later. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, was that the exact follow up to Mickey? To the best of my knowledge, I made these notes when we did our, uh, right, our show right. last time. I don't remember. Well, anything. I find that fascinating because you have something like Mickey than to try to follow it up with that. And yeah. I say this because we had a follow-up Fly mm-hmm. with a song. Now, Fly was such an anomaly on the record floor, as most of you know, who bought it. We didn't know what to do. Right. We didn't even service some pop stations because we had no follow-up. Yes. You know, so this it's is, This is the blind melon conundrum. This is this is sort of the blind melon conundrum. When there's no other, no rain. But even but there was at least that. They had that uh, another song. That, Tone, Tones of Home is what they Tones took a shot with. Tones of Home was a little bit of a, of a... You could... Our other stuff was like hard and heavy and guitar driven. I mean, Fly was such an anomaly, we couldn't even service anybody else. So I was, I'm just wondering where that landed in Tony Basil's world. That was the second single. I'm glad think, I got one. Even I, don't though it was hard. She, I don't think she had a lot of singles. No. So it was, it was, I'm sure if it wasn't the direct follow-up, it came pretty shortly thereafter. I think you will be able to guess this next uh, One Hit Wonders failed follow-up. Uh, Sir Mix a lot. Yeah. Are you familiar with Put Him on the Glass? That, 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 that to me is a hit, baby. Put him <laughs> on the glass. Amongst me and my friends, without a doubt. You know, That was huge. Put I bought the- uh, a video one time, this because we were so it was desperate to see naked women at that point in time <laughs> pre internet. People don't understand that, you know. I know that I that you would actually spend twelve ninety nine at Sam Goody <laughs> to buy a video of uncensored music videos. Because, was that was that the one put on the glass you got? Yeah. I remember the boobs in that. Do you remember the box? The uh, the, the the I don't remember seeing box in it. The, well there was the <laughs> There was a video network called The Box, and you could program yourself. You could call in and go, yes. I want to see, you know, Bones yes. Thugs Harmony, and put them on the glass was one that always, believe it or not, got played. Right, I recall that. Because they, they, that was the loophole they could get you. It was better that, than Scrambled Playboy. That's exactly right. <laughs> and that's why, to me, it's kind of a hit, because we were making our first record with DJ, DJ, DJ Lethal of House of Pain in his house, and he had The Box, and that and uh, Bones Thugs Harmony would get played every back-to-back, because the idea of the boxes you were the you, you were the program director so mm-hmm. you'd get the same videos over and over again I wonder why it didn't work yeah that's the last we heard of the box <laughs> yeah. I predict you also have no trouble guessing who this next artist is oh aqua aqua let me see if I can get the name this was another like Barbie Ken or what was the name of this one Here. Doctor, what is it? Do- Doctor Jones. I think you can safely guess at this point. Doctor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I remember I met her in Monte Carlo at the World Music Awards, oh, and she looked place. exactly like Nicole Eggert. Like Nicole really? Eggert at her peak, with like with red hair. She was the most beautiful, breathtaking, and they were all so cool. And Aqua, you know, we were all really, yeah, we we're all wonders and stuff. Even the bald guy, the bald guy was cool. Daddy was Warbucks the, guy, yeah, those guys party. You know, Euro dance bands yeah, party. That's dude. true. They go in there and they're going, you know, they're holding bottles of you know, they're they were they were partying, having a good time and good, good, good fun people. I consider myself an Aqua fan to this day. Not only do I have Barbie Girl on my iPod, I actually have the first single from their follow up album 
which is the uh, even more terrible cartoon heroes. So you 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 have that with zero irony, just for pure love and. See, I don't know what irony means anymore. I, I feel agree. like I always use the the merciful fate example of I used to listen to it and laugh, but when I'm listening to it for the twentieth time and I'm not laughing anymore, how can I call this irony anymore? Well, how about I want it that way by uh, Backstreet Boys? Is that yeah. I mean to me, Rolling Stone voted it the. Greatest song of the 90s. I mean, purely. It was in at least the top five. I know that for sure. I could see that. And, and I'm wondering if that is something you listen to, A, and B, if you do, is there an ironic component? Or is that, to me, I just hear that as a great song. I don't care who yeah. sang it. No, I don't really choose to listen to them. I don't have any, for me, it's all about, sadly, like how music shows up on my radar. If I find some weird little out of the way thing, then I will like it. If I'm told this band is really, really huge, they're really good, you should check them out, I will figure out a reason to hate them. Exactly. And I don't like that about myself, but that's the way that I am. And uh, I, I think had I been uh, 10 years old when the Backstreet Boys came out, I would love that song. But and you would have enough exposure to that even without like, no, I heard you it. must like this. It's just such, it's just a great song. It was pretty, I was pretty, and, and, and had, if the song came along now, I would definitely like it, but at the like time it. I was still, you know, as I said earlier in of the course. show, in that whole like I'm in this tribe, not that tribe kind of thing. And the, the the boy band thing really rubbed me the wrong way. I remember going out to drinks with twenty something people in New York and girls asking with a straight face, "Who do you like better, the Backstreet Boys <laughs> or the Insync?" Like you were supposed to have an opinion, right. and I was like, "Okay, this ironic appreciation has crossed into something." Infantile, right, right. And, this music and, and, is not aimed at us. This and, is for and children. You were in a band then that was trying to get signed, so it was yeah. another quality. Oh, this is there after my too. band had already flamed out, which made okay. me even more bitter. Let <laughs> the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> but you know what's funny? You're talking about you know when you're when you're younger and you're letting music like define who you are. Like when I was young, I loved the Dam, the Sex Pistols, and the Clash. There was nothing else. Stiff little fingers. You couldn't tell me anything. Then you fall in love. Then air supply sounds good, and Frank Sinatra sounds good. So if you don't evolve through yeah. emotions as a human being, right? That's why I kind of say, you know, and then you what, break up with somebody to get into Roy Orbison. Well, then you go back to Roy Orbison, or you go back to your Slayer and stuff like that, and then it becomes an emotion, and you fall in love again. You get back to Sinatra and stuff. That's why I say there's nothing more depressing than like a 50 year old, totally committed punk rocker that just like is in this little space that's never really evolved. You know? Yeah. That to me, I mean, that, there's almost nothing more. On punk than being an old punk, right? And without can, the without the credibility, I should say. Yeah, and I can never understand it. I don't say this in a judgmental way because people don't really doesn't matter what music you respond to. You should listen to what you like, of course. But people who get into a genre and then for the rest of their lives are willing to listen to the same songs and the same tropes retreaded and retreaded. They're and not retreaded. music fans. They're not music fans. I guess. I guess they're, they're a they, time of life fans. They'll you know? always, they'll always tell you, I just like a good catchy hooky rock song or or whatever. But I find I'm, I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm like, like uh, chefs at a certain point only want to eat like, uh, yeah. like, like urchin testicles. <laughs> exactly. I'm becoming that guy with music where yeah. I just need to find something new and twisted that doesn't sound like other stuff I have heard. It's the well, only how thing do I can you find to. a new music anymore? Totally, really. I mean, seriously, because like, you know, my 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 feeding used to be radio, K Rock. It used to be MTV. You know, yeah. VH1. I don't. I mean, I'm so out of the loop of how kids find things on the internet. It, it, there's too much work involved. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to find new music. Well, I'll tell you how. I don't, I don't have a whole lot of new music, but I, uh, from listening to Sirius XM, I've gone deeper into a lot of genres. Like where though? I hear you, but like to me, we've got 70s and 80s, and 90s. Great, we've got I'll all the great to, stuff here. I listen to Soul Town. Maybe well, get some stuff off of Soul Town. That's old school stuff. I know, but Soul it's not Town. it's not new music, but it's new to me. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, so you're not necessarily you're 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 talking about turning yourself on to new genres and, and new artists. Not and I mean new artists that are. 
old artists. You're not saying yeah. finding new music. You today. know, you know hey, how I did do you hear do that? that new little Yachty song? You know how I do do that. This is really embarrassing, and this is how I end up listening to a lot of incredibly cheesy new stuff. Is if I am stuck, and my wife is pretty good about not dragging me out shopping a whole lot. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to throw her under the bus at all. We have about an equal interest in shopping, but there's her time when we're out, and then my time is. Sure. is there always is. I end up in a lot of stores being like, what the fuck is this? And shazamming it. Yeah. And then at a certain point, I'll make time to go through and listen to my shazams and be like, what the fuck has, you know. And also, I do a new music segment for the Jason Ellis show. So that That's kind true. of That's makes true. me check stuff out. One way or another, yeah. I, I the, the, band, the one band I've really gotten into in the last like three or four years, I read about in The New Yorker, which is so embarrassing. Which band is that? They're called Let's Eat Grandma. Ah. It's these two teenage... English chicks. They had you at the name, right? I mean, come on. It's really creepy and it's really weird. And they've only really got like two songs, but um, I've always been like that too. I can listen to two songs that are great over and over rather than listen to a bunch of filler. Me too. I've been a singles guy my whole life. Right, right, right. Well, we have another single from uh, an iconic one-hit wonder of the 90s. And uh, this is the follow-up song to his big hit. I got the name. I I need more. I need more. I need more. I can't believe you've even got a beat on this. It's it's a Latin guy, right? I have no idea. They can never tell with these dance music guys. They're all they're all Latin to me. It's not Stevie B, is it? No, come on, that guy had like seven hits. I, I know, in, in I'm Jer- just throwing in, out there in New Jersey. You're saying dance, but no, he played the out. <laughs> this is a 909 out here, dude. Trust me. Uh, 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 g- give me a first name. He only has one name. Uh, was it? Uh, this part is your clue. Was it Holloway? Uh, Hathaway. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. Thank you. The what is love guy. Good one. Good the night one. at the Roxbury guy. Who I think I'd read recently about him. Uh, like, a, was it true? Did you ever have any interaction with him or hear about him that he considered himself a bit of a musical genius and God was uh, he was a vessel for God's message? <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I haven't heard that. Was that, is that a recent revelation? I googled it to confirm that I didn't come up with anything. That's why I'm asking. I think that's pretty ballsy. Twenty years after your one hit to 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 start laying that that rhetoric yeah, apparently down. Apparently, there were layers you know? we were missing. <laughs> And what is love? You know, it's strange just to have such a clearly great song like "What Is Love." Now, now I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying it's so hooky and so. And then, and then, like follow up with that and go. I hope we have the same success. Like, isn't there someone going? We're not even close. Well, of course there is, but they've got you. Got to try. You can't. You, not, you can't not yeah. release a single. No, that's for sure. I'm fascinated by that. What is it that makes like most? It's the intangibles, what we're talking about. Yeah, it's most, the intangibles. Most people have the, and I'm sure you and I have discussed this before, but I'm just going to ask you again. Most people kind of have a level. Like if a band is good, most of their songs are a 6 out of 10. If a band sucks, most of their songs are a 3 out of 10. If a band's amazing, most of the songs are an 8 out of 10 That's or better. Right. And yet, some bands that are a 3 or a 6 get like, I'm going to say, blessed with those one or two or three songs that just pop in a way. And that I, was us. I know the answer to the the 
the question, the question is, I fucking sat there with my guitar every single day for 10 years straight, and one day I came up with something really, really cool. But it, uh, it seems, f- for lack of a better word, magical to me when, uh, and I think it's why I love One Hit Wonders so much, is a song where just everything clicked for these people. Right, and especially when you hear the follow-ups, yeah. you know? Now, we, we had a few- you know, yeah, There was very little craft involved. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. And, 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 and by the way, and I make a big distinction between, there are some songs I remember fondly from my youth that you go back and you listen, you go, okay, this had a big, big chorus, but they really didn't have much of a song around oh. it. I'm talking about when you you have your, uh, your, your take on me's or something, and you're like, from top to bottom, this is- a, a perfect. masterpiece. This is, this is perfect. Right. How could you be capable of making that and be incapable of coming anywhere close but they ever had, again? They had a few, to me, to, to, you know. They We're had, we'll get uh, to uh, uh, yeah. They had uh, uh, Cry Wolf, Woo, Try Not to Worry. That's uh, some good can, ones. Who can forget? Now, now the 70s yeah. were the, the, the king of like, Billy, don't be. I mean, really, really bad songs that snuck in and somehow became gigantic hits, you know. Uh, where some of the 80s craftsmanship, you said, is a lot better. Sometimes lightning does strike, mm-hmm. and, and the intangibles happens. Like us, we were a band that wrote a lot of threes. The majority of the songs we wrote were three or fours, okay? Every now and then, we wrote a nine or a ten. How did that feel? Like, did you know the second you got the hook? We absolutely did. Uh-huh. But we also knew we had songs that were great, and as they went down the sort of uh, the assembly line machine, they became worse, Mm-hmm. You know, and that just yes. happens too. Sometimes you can't get out of your own. It's right. Like we got this great course. Here it is. Now we just got to kind of put the verse in, get out of our way, and it's all we got to do. Well, and it, it works both ways. Occasionally, a song will be elevated. The recording, you go, this is far better than the thing when that it's we over, were rehearsing. When it's over is one of those things. When it's uh-huh. over was a track we were originally going to give to Run DMC for their record Crown Royale because they were doing something like Santana did, uh-huh. and they were bringing all artists together. And I heard the people that are familiar with it might know that guitar intro, and I think that's pretty good. I think we should keep that. So we worked for a little bit with the Run DMC, but we kept it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have something, but it didn't have the immediacy that uh, Every Morning did or Someday did to me. Fly was different. I thought Fly was terrible the first time I heard it. it well, was- I think a lot of bands feel that way about their about their hits. Yeah. Continue to feel that way about their their hits. Right. I, I cannot believe, and this is again the, the the magical is the word I'll use. Probably the more accurate word is the idiosyncratic nature of writing a hit. How many songs that are hits? If you go on Wikipedia, them will be what's the last song on the album almost got cut for blah 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 five minutes left and went to a different room over you know? and over and over it's almost like you have to try really really hard one way and then just occasionally take a stab a completely different way totally and you, right. and you might just you and, know I somebody told me who I believe is in a position to know that Gavin Rossdale wrote all of the Bush hits in a weekend really and that's incredible that doesn't surprise me. They're very simple they are, songs. And the muse is probably right there. The zeitgeist mm-hmm. is right there. He had the talent to do that. Yeah. Fly was the opposite in that it was written like over a period of time with many different people. When I first heard it, it was just uh, it was a vibe track. It was like, I just want to there was no like verses there was no bridge there was nothing so I was like I'm gonna quit the band this is where we're going I literally I, I, I called my best friend McGee who's kind of was the fifth member of the band I go I'm quitting the band I'm coming home he goes what are you gonna do work at Del Taco you're not gonna like take a second shot and I go and he goes just see if you can fix it arrange it so I went back and wrote some verses and slowly started picking up some speed we got David Kahn involved who just came off the success of what I got was Sublime he added all his bells and production whistles and it really started taking shape he also let me know where my voice was he goes it's right in this small little lane here but if you stay there we can go there and then um i suggested super cat 
as the final you know element to make this work. And he goes, Supercat? And I go, yeah, you probably don't know him. He goes, I signed him to a record deal at Columbia three years ago. Ah. He owes me a favor. So he called Supercat. Long story short, he came down and got on the song. The rest is history. So that was one of those slow builds that I tried to fight that like yeah. that wasn't one of those going to you know ruin five minutes and write a song. Right. It was kind of fluke upon fluke. Really. Fluke upon fluke upon fluke. Exactly. Well, uh, this next band was a fluke. And, <laughs> and this is the follow-up single to their big one hit. This is the song that you and I were discussing that started this whole conversation that led to us doing this show. You'll have no trouble guessing this one. I just love these guys. Just begun, so don't talk, just kiss now. This is a big hit. This is right said, Fred. I would rather listen to this than I'm so I'm too sexy. I think this is a great song. Now this was a number one song in the UK. Yeah, oh no, no they were they were huge. They had a talk show. Yeah, in, oh yeah. In, no, the, in the, the whole UK. thing worked over there as yeah. it didn't work here. Yeah, I remember Mike Patton from Faith No More said the greatest thing in the world when this was just coming out, and uh, and we saw the I'm Too Sexy video, and it just had come out a week or two before. And Mike Patton said in an interview, who from Faith No More said, "I just saw the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's two gigantic buff bald guys singing I'm Too Sexy." And I didn't, I didn't know what he was talking about because it was so brand new. And then I saw it, and I go, he's exactly right. Now, if Mike Patton, yeah. it's Mike Patton approved. They were on to something there. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, pop music is and pop culture, I, I like it when it's tweaked. I love when we're... That's one of the reasons why I don't watch pro wrestling, but I'm so glad it exists. Yeah. Because it's just such a... There's nothing else in the culture that you can compare it to. It's, it's entertainment, it's showbiz, at its it, finest. It's incredibly stupid and nobody cares. Yes. I'm a big fan of that. And that's what makes One Hit Wonder so great. They're so stupid sometimes, they just get through. Yeah. And they strike a nerve and yeah. they just work. And especially in retrospect as we're looking back as we are today. Yeah, uh, we were talking about this band uh, a couple of minutes ago. This song is, this is a small hit. Aha! Mm-hmm. It's that voice. One I of went, the greatest voices of all time. Man, I went and bought this album, and I don't know how many times I made this mistake in the 90s of going back to 80s bands and going, it's just impossible that they came up with that song and didn't have another song. <laughs> right. And that's how you end up that's how that's how you end up Doing with copies this? of Hunting High and Low in the in the discount <laughs> bin. You don't remember Cry Wolf? Well you're you're an East Coast yeah. guy. K Rock played Cry Wolf and Cecily. Mm-hmm. A song like Cry Wolf, woo, try not to worry now. You probably know if you've heard that. And there was a second record that AHA made that got a lot of it run out here as well. Now AHA in Europe and in Denmark and the Scandinavian uh, countries in particular play stadiums. I think mm-hmm. they just recently broke up. I think uh, Martin finally said, Forget it, I'm done. And who was one of the most beautiful human beings in the world. Remember him at the end of that animated video looking up like sexually, uh, very, very uh, erotically at the camera I don't know why I'm saying this uh, and like wow that's a good looking kind of like we talked about Sebastian Bach earlier his prime yes he was beyond male or female he was just this beautiful human being yeah and that's I, that Scandinavian thing yeah you can't that, that is that beautiful skin Scandinavian thing I saw them on top of the pops or some show like it when I was in lived in England in 2000 so so they were still doing their thing. They were still relevant there, yeah. I think what we're saying is they're, they, they've they been a working band, a major label release, just not here in the States, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly because all the rest of their music is terrible. Well, I, 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 I disagree. I, there's two or three songs I'm missing a few right now that, that I, have, I have to enjoy. And I, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you, I'm going to email you some great songs tonight. Like what about, uh, you know, uh, um, I Beg Your Pardon by Con Can? 
Yeah, 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 of course. That song has got four different awesome songs in it. Right. And the rest of their album is utter dog shit. Well, and that's it's like, maybe you guys should have spreaded your single, <laughs> spread your single out a little bit. <laughs> At least got two out of it. I always right? say they're about Loverboy, man. They, they, just, they, 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 they fell on their own sword by putting like three awesome songs into Working for the Weekend. <laughs> Lover boy, dude. Yeah. Come on. You're and not, call, you're not no, calling them a one-hit one. No, I'm certainly not. They had Turn other, me loose? They had other terrible songs. I gotta see it my way. And then that, that beautiful ballad he did with, uh, was it Cher? Almost Paradise. Was that, that Loverboy? That was, no, that was Mike Reno. That was the number okay. one song. The number one song for sure. Yes. And then Hot Girls in Love. She's yeah. carrying on that was, clever, that was a clever one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a metaphor, I believe. Well, it's Canadian, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the other than they're probably the second most successful red leather band of all time after second album warrant and maybe the romantics yeah okay sure you sure, know sure, we sure. throw them in there I love them the romantics are a weird one because I think people think of them as two separate one hit wonders You're right because they had two hits with two, two different, different sounds and two different vocalists That's the drummer right. did what I like about you and the guitar player I guess did. Wally Palmer did uh, See, I, I hear the secrets you keep yeah. keep yeah. Right, right, right. Isn't that interesting? It is. And Wally is Wally's such a lovely guy. I do I do these shows every now and like hits of the eighties and nineties. I'm that guy now. Mm-hmm. So I'll do a couple fly songs and they'll get like Wally Palmer, they'll get like, they'll get Eddie Money people I love. Here, I wanna go. Heroes up. How's no. Eddie Money Money doing? He's actually doing great. He's hanging in there. Because he did not sound very good in that uh in that uh insurance commercial that yeah. and I say this as a as a as a big fan. I, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, he, just he, like he, just like Ronnie says. He, you know? <laughs> He is a yeah, performer still. Good. He still gets up there and does it. He's got a lot of songs that you want to hear that he delivers with uh, glee and joy. But Wally Palmer's a guy that goes out there and he does secrets that you keep. Then he does what I like about you, and it sounds like he's been doing it his whole life. So uh, Wally's what a great guy. What happened to the drummer? I don't know what happened to the drummer. I haven't. That's I don't know. Bullshit. I don't know Wally enough to cross that threshold. Yeah. To believe me, that's the next time I see him. It's weird, man. The singer. I was talking to Ann Wilson about this, and, and when uh, when she was in here not that long ago. What's what, what? What? Are they ever getting back together? Do you know what went down? Oh, you're there? kidding me! It's the most oh fascinating God, story of all time. Awkward. So I, I look, it's almost irreparable. I don't know I how gave, you could repair. I gave that. her a a pass. Uh, I'll, I'll explain the whole thing. Okay, so for people who don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. She's on tour, and she's in a band, obviously, with her sister Nancy. Have been since the beginning. Called Heart. Called Heart. And uh, while they're on stage, there are dogs inside. Anne's uh, bus that that Nancy's kids want to go and visit. That's correct. Anne's husband, who re- only recently came in the picture, who nobody likes, says, "Just don't let those fucking dogs out of the bus." Uh, the verbatim. Te- the teenage to the children. The teenage boys do let those fucking dogs out of the the bus, and he flips out and like choke holds physically. Yeah, whatever he did, allegedly, physically did his thing to these children, and apparently the the, the it's it's very public for people who want to look it up. I, mm-hmm. I think he just was convicted. Of, yeah, yeah, of oh, yeah, 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 so yeah, exactly. This there is, the court, there is yeah. no like side room deals. There's no so now you're in this conundrum. Like, uh, you know, the, this you have the sister's uh, husband attacked the other sister's children. Mm-hmm. He was here when when Anne was here. He was out in the green. Oh, room. He, oh must have been so wild. Did, mm-hmm. did you get a vibe off him at all? I, I couldn't help but read into it. He was, yeah. just, sitting, he was just sitting there looking just at his phone, there, but go. like he didn't do anything. Yeah, but Anne definitely in... kept the dogs away from him. <laughs> the dogs didn't make it up. <laughs> Anne is out there touring on her own, and that's what I and that's what I asked her about. Is I said you've had this falling out with your sister, and I knew the questions I wanted to ask, and I was willing to punt on the bigger one, which yeah. is she has talked on the record about it. Yeah. There's nothing new to be said. There's just Smart. dragging you back Smart. over the and I and, and I and I added on the end because I'm curious. Do you ever get 
um, nostalgic. No, do you ever get used to utter strangers like me sitting in front of a microphone and asking you incredibly personal questions? That's a beautiful question. And I have. she said no. Yeah. So I felt good about having pulled my punch because the question that I was, since I knew the answer, yeah. to that one, the question that I wanted to ask, which I did ask, is: Does it bother you that just the facts of life are the singer can tour? Like, you can say all you want. She swore that her falling out with her sister was she wants to do the greatest hits every night. I don't want to be a human jukebox. She said on this show verbatim, that's the whole disagreement, which is insanely crazy. It's a PR move. So I let that I let that go because I wanted to know, like, is it and and, and she was like, oh, yeah, I guess it's I guess that's kind of it's kind (laughs) of true. But it's like you guys are fucking partners, and just because of the fact that when you were 14 years old, one of you was like, I like singing, and the other one's like, I kind of like this guitar. Right. Now, one of you can keep doing this for the rest of your life, and one of you might have real trouble making a living, and for all we know, never saved any money and needs to make a living, and that's where it's not cool that, hey, man, she's doing her thing, I'm doing mine. I will say this to you, which is a very, very intuitive thing that you're, you're bringing up as uh, as uh, a guy in a band uh, who's gone through situations like this. Uh, both of them sang number one songs. Obviously, one sang way more than the other. Now, what they're going to hear is, and Nancy and Anne is going out on their own, the giant sucking sound, the financial sucking sound that isn't the heart money they used to make. Mm-hmm. The headlining shed movie. They're going out to make some bucks. They're going to play. They're play, we're playing uh, some the, of the same. The only reason Ann Wilson was talking to me is because uh, she's uh, she's finally getting to do some more intimate venues and she wanted to tell yeah, everybody yeah, finally about give it. it back to the fans right it's all about the fans now. <laughs> no we all you know when you hear giving it back to the fans that means you know, they want to take from the fans not give back to the fans mm-hmm. but it's we're playing some slimmer casinos now when she does that for about two years and, see, and sees that bank account that savings go shink shink uh you know harder uh, more difficult uh uh problems have been resolved and bands have carried on oh hell the yeah. heart name is so much bigger than ann wilson of heart yes or nancy wilson heart yes uh one can play venues one can play the house of blues now b- by the way i'm honored to play the house of blues but when you're used to playing x amount of uh venues for 30 years and getting that kind of jack uh throwing through your financial world you will reconsider what's happening i think we'll see a, a, a repair in about two to three years i think it's smart that they're not saying i hate her she hates me blah blah there's saying you know they're doing the pr thing oh, i want to she wants to play the hits i want to get back to the roots whatever it leaves the door open for the yeah. for the in, for the you know inevitable and I, th- I think they're more or less saying that is we've only exchanged like a text message here or there but yeah. everybody kind of expects that sooner or later i, I think you, know, you have a sisterhood bond like that you have a band that's been together for so long like that and they are stronger as a a sum than the part i think they'll they'll overcome though so it's going to be awkward you know, there's gonna there's gonna be new you know, new rules put in place. Like you know, dude might not be able to be on site when both of them are together when the kids are together. Right. You know, but but they they heart will find their way back to our hearts. Well, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna make it through our our list oh, yet again, boy. which sets us up for uh, part three. This part is gonna three. become a a trilogy, but let's uh, keep moving forward. If your listeners don't get bored, I, mean, I love this. This is really fun. I could do this all day. I, don't I know, could. Me too. I, 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 Mark, I, I, we were I, doing it out there I, I before we started. I don't care if anybody likes <laughs> this. This is so fun. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, who who recorded this abomination? <laughs> Make love your goal. The power of love. Ooh. 
God, I've got it it's on the tip of my tongue. It's a band, right? Yes. Their other hit would in no way prepare you for what we've heard so far. That's, that's, but I, the tone of the voice is, though. Make love I need more clues. Okay. Um, possibly at this point, more remembered in the culture for a t-shirt than for their music. Oh my god! Well, it ain't, it ain't Frankie. It's not Wham. I mean, are you talking a '90s T-shirt? No, it's '80s. What? Well, it can't be Frankie goes to Hollywood. It is Frankie goes it to Hollywood. It can't be Frankie. You can't. You were talking about One Hit Wonders. What are you talking about? Oh, what's well, the two other... tribes go to war? I mean, you cannot do that to me. Okay. Because then, then I, my head goes, goes to a special goes to place. One. Okay, okay, okay. You otherwise, know? otherwise, you would totally get. Is that, that called Liverpool? It's called Power of Love. Because I said power love over and over again. It's the only really power bad. love I know. If you Lewis in the news, of course, everybody knows that. But who's? That's not Holly Johnson singing, is it? Did they get a new guy singing? That's not Holly Johnson's voice. Uh, I mean, we just pulled that off iTunes. Entirely possible that they reunited and did lounge versions of all their old failed singles with some new singer. What? So we don't know what record that's off because because you know, no. Two Tribes to me mm-hmm. was a gigantic hit, and I believe it was a top ten hit here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I listen, when we play yeah. these games, Tully, I take yeah. them very personally. I know you do, you and know? I appreciate and your no, dedication. There's too. no point doing them if I don't, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that was it's Holly not, Johnson singing, who's the not, original. It's not a game. We're just hanging out, having a conversation. It, it's always a game. Life's a game. <laughs> and th- there's another band with a gigantic trademark issue. Holly, uh, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah? Why is oh, that? Yeah. Well, because Holly Johnson wanted to be Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood has no value without Holly Johnson in it. Right. Um, so they they wanted to protect Frankie Goes to Hollywood. If you hear Frankie Goes to Hollywood, you're going to see Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Now, if you're going to see Holly Johnson, Holly Johnson tours now those 80s rewind fest that, mm-hmm. we, that we, you know, I love. He does that in Europe. He can only be Holly Johnson. Can't be Holly Johnson from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. But he's done enough now and he's done enough on his own. They're one of the only bands. Remember Bands Reunited? I love that show on VH1. Mm-hmm. Remember where they tried to get all the bands to reunite? Kaju, mm-hmm. Goo Goo. They were one of the only bands like didn't reunite. Like there was no ending to it. Yeah, I think Extreme were the other ones. Uh, that is... Uh, yeah, As they're N- back together. Nuno wouldn't answer the door. Yeah, he did, he, he did a few years later. <laughs> Uh, that song was written by Holly Johnson, and it was Frankie Goes to Hollywood's third single, I'm sure, after Two Tribes, and of course... Um, um, uh, so it was him singing? Re- relax. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, before Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, who can forget? Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, going where no one's wrong. Man. Two just, Tribes, though, was, it was a hit, though, though dude. That was, a, that was a big hit. But that, that's a, that was a... So that was released as a single, right? Yes. You're not just pulling things no, off the no, internet. No, I am not. Okay. That was the third single from Frankie Goes to Hollywood, and they only had one album. That I don't even know if they made a second album. They did. Okay, well. they did. The second album was called Liverpool. Wow, and it was uh, it was you better believe it. It was big in the UK and not big here. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Disco really opened the door for um, uh, gay music. Well, also for for eighties music because uh, the uh, what what am I talking about? Nile Rodgers, who is disco. Mm-hmm. We're still hearing Daft Punk today, Pharrell. So like, disco yes. never died. No, disco never, ever, ever died. You know why it didn't? Because it's great. Yeah, they just started calling it like uh, 
Like, da- Daft Punk like, is like disco. House music. Get Lucky is a disco song. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, thank you as always, Mark McGrath. I think we're going to do this uh, third time in a couple of months. Anytime, you'll, totally. You'll come around. You are at Mark underscore McGrath. Summer tour dates at markmcgrath.com. And, of course, Mark McGrath's 120. Heard weekends on the 90s on 9 here on Sirius XM.